1: Three,
0: two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to continue on looking at week eight of the NFL. We're going to give you some tips and tricks around the Thursday night football game and what might be the better matchup that we've seen in recent time, but also could be equally as bad as some of the ones we've seen in recent weeks. Matthew Fox is going to break down his games of the week. We're going to rehash our playoff picks and see where we're at, if they change from where they were at week one, which I'm pretty sure they have. I'm going to give you my bets of the week, and then we're going to finish the show with the movie corner. As always, I am joined by my partner here, Mr. Fox. How are you, buddy?
1: Uh, We're getting our first uh, snow of the year kind of coming down right now. Uh, Nice i think something something different what <laughs> happens when you're one week from vacation yeah uh
0: vacation for both of like we'll be in the same area i don't know if we're going to see each other quite yet but we'll be in the same state at least um but i'm excited because the state
1: of relaxation
0: that's that's the top of the radar right there um i am excited i will be out in la next week that's just the early announcement we will not have a show next week because both of us will be out of town Um, but I'm sure you'll be able to hear us and see us cry and talk about, uh, fantasy football, football in general over on the twitter.com. But, um, yeah, I, um, last week's games were interesting. Um, the season is playing out exactly how we both expect it. Um, and that's very much sarcasm in every sense of the word. Um, an interesting week it was, but you know, the commander's. With Taylor Heineke beating the Packers was definitely one we saw coming. The Bucks literally don't know how to score touchdowns anymore. The Giants saw their,
1: that coming too.
0: the The Giants are the best team in football. Um, the Jets are five and two, which honestly really makes me happy. I think there's a lot of correlation there, but we can talk about that later. Seahawks blew out the Chargers because that's just what the Chargers do. Like Chargers, one week will show up, the next week they'll get blown out um chiefs established dominance over the 49ers who i think obviously got better with cmc and i think they'll be better over the next couple of weeks and that was you know and then of course the bears became the 85 bears actually they're better than the 85 bears because they scored 33 points so i don't know what they were and it was zappy time which i think is one of the most dumbest things i think i've ever seen bill belichick do on a football field
1: so and i never really explained that and the fact that mac jones is now taking 90 percent of the snaps and has been declared the starter you know did they think mac wasn't ready was he just mad that mac high legs some guy and the nads um, was it the interception cuz bailey zappi threw his own pair of sad interceptions and my other question is had zappi not thrown those two brutal interceptions would we now be back on the fence yeah exactly so if zappi didn't look as terrible as he did in the
0: second half because if people don't realize that first touchdown pass was an awful throw it wasn't an- Awful throw. It was a beautiful catch. Awful throw. Right, you know what I mean? So that that to me kind of blew my mind, but I, I don't know. I I give up on football in general. Um, you know, it's just – it's it's a crazy season. And at the same time, it's confusing. I love it. You know what I mean? Because there's a, a lot of different parity here. I think the strongest thing that we've seen, especially when it comes to the Jets and Giants, is coaching. The coaching is so much better there than we have seen um, from either one of those franchises in some time. Salah is is building something strong there with the Jets. I think they just stole James Robinson from the Jaguars. They stole him. That's that was a, <coughs> that was a robbery. Um, I just because I guess the Jaguars didn't like. I mean, at the same time, you know. Robinson's a free agent at the end of the year. So obviously they weren't going to keep him around. They weren't going to pay him. So it's an easy swap. They get a late, late, late round pick. But um, yeah, I mean, the Jets have improved. They're they're really good. And the Giants, uh, Daniel Jones still sucks. I don't care what anybody says. Daniel Jones sucks. They're just running the ball efficiently. Um, And he's not turning the football over, right? You know what I mean? He's playing turnover-free football, and that defense is playing strong. So with those factors there, you know what I mean? That team, team's over. I still think that they're overachieving by a lot. I think they're overachieving. They're just playing better coached football. And that to me is really helping them down the line. So it's interesting to see um, some of these teams that, you know, of course were crowned the greatest teams in the NFL week one are, are kind of faltering and some of the other teams are coming to the front table. And speaking of two teams that are just absolutely weird, one, one team plays a half of football, The other team, I don't know what they're doing anymore, and I just wish that Tom Brady would have retired. But let's talk about Thursday Night Football. Tonight's game is an interesting matchup between uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Baltimore Ravens at Raymond Jane Stadium. Currently, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are favored by two. Uh, The over-under sits at 46 right now. Tom Brady is playing football this year. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but over the last two games, he's only got two touchdown passes or three games. He only has two touchdown passes and zero interceptions. But the most alarming thing of the entire thing, he's thrown the ball 49, 40, 52, and 52 times in the last four weeks. And this team has lost its identity. Um, They're not playing very good football. The biggest problem, as you can when if you watch the games, anybody can realize there's two things that I think that are wrong with this offense. One, they've completely abandoned the run, like completely abandoned the run. and and that, to me is one of the things that's been an alarming factor is fournette hasn't looked terrible. I mean, he hasn't been exactly great this year, but he hasn't been terrible there. now, his stats ex- wouldn't <laughs> his stats don't exactly. Um, show that over the last couple of weeks, I think he's averaging like maybe a little hair over three yards of carry in the last three games. But I think a lot of it is because they're getting away from the run completely. And Brady's offense has always kind of had that short run game with the passes and stuff like that. But that offensive line is abysmal. Um, Brady's getting hit at a higher rate, I believe than, than he had in recent time. Um, He's not getting sacked as much. I mean, he's only been sacked three times in the last two games, but he's getting pressured. A lot. Brady's very much get rid of the ball ASAP. But when you have Brady on his toes, that's when Brady is very errant. He's not very accurate, which can be said about pretty much every quarterback in the NFL. I mean, if you got a guy pressured, I know everybody made fun of Sam Darnold for seeing ghosts, but it's a fact. When you're, you might feel pressure that's not really there. So you kind of stutter step really fast and you move on with the ball. But then on the flip side of it, you've got Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens who, seem to figure out something i don't know what it is they play one half of football most uh each and every week they've lost a lo- um double digit leads a couple times this year and if we're being honest like this team has has lost three one score games um every game this year except for two has been a one score game um they could be sitting right now at six and oh and i don't think none of us would be surprised by that because they have blown leads um and they almost blew a lead last week against the uh Baltimore or against the Cleveland Browns but uh what are your thoughts about tonight's matchup what do you i mean I, on paper, like a, a month ago this was like the primetime matchup we were all looking forward to and now it's like what's going to happen
1: yeah i mean it's too Sort of enigmatic teams, you know, there's a tendency to think, well, this is going to be a fun, high-scoring game. I think the game ends up in the teens, maybe low 20s. Um, Gus Edwards coming back has stabilized the running back position a little bit for the Ravens, which is good. Uh, Hopefully Mark Andrews does more. Then get one carry for four yards, which we had last week. Otherwise, tight ends going to be kind of a garbage shoot this week because you have Andrews going tonight. Kelsey's on a bye. Those have really been the only two reliable uh, tight ends. Neither team has looked good. I know you said you thought the the Ravens could have been like six and zero. Oh, I guess they also could be one and six the way they've they've been playing. They've kind of, even last week's win over Cleveland wasn't incredibly impressive, especially given how Cleveland had been playing on defense. I think the Ravens will get the win. I'm picking them tonight. Uh, in terms of fantasy, you know, you're starting Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, probably feeling pretty good about that. Gus, I have him kind of a low end RB2. Um, he's been getting volume. I think he'll work up his way in there. Rashad Bateman to me is more of a wide receiver three flex territory. And for the Buccaneers, you know, I don't have Godwin, Fournette, Evans, or Brady in my top 12 anywhere because they just haven't been reliable enough. I don't know what's going on with Tampa Bay. It doesn't seem like it's just the offensive line. It seems like they've lost their mojo. That near miss with Mike Evans last week seems to have taken a huge hit out of the offense in an inexplicable way um you know I have them all you're probably still starting all of them but I have them all in in you know QB running back or wide receiver two territory and you just gotta hope they get something going I if they I thought last week was the get right game facing Carolina and the fact that they completely got shelled by Carolina gives me massive pause yeah, it's crazy to me
0: because this is the team that could really theoretically make it into the playoffs at nine and eight, and win that division. That division's terrible; it's got awful. Uh, I mean, you're talking top to bottom. Panthers. That one surprised me the way they did. I just they're not a they're just not a good team. And I think there's going to be a couple missing pieces from that team over the next couple of weeks as well as the, as the trade deadline comes through. And the Saints are just abysmal. And Atlanta is playing decent football, but at the same time, Arthur Smith is just making some bonehead mistakes that. I don't understand either, but um, it's – I think Tampa Bay wins tonight. I think they squeak it out close. I, but this, to me, it's a very much a 50-50 game. Would it surprise me if the Ravens win? No. Would it surprise me if the Bucks win? No. I think we're talking about maybe a field goal game. Um, but it's like, would it surprise me if Brady goes out here on primetime and, and throws three touchdown passes and they win, you know, 31-24 to 24, No, it wouldn't surprise me. It's like one of those things. But it's like at some point in time, we like over the years, we've expected that. But how this team has played has just been miserable that we can't expect that. I honestly, like if you sit Brady this weekend, like it would not make me sad at all. Like you – it's one of those things where it's like I just – it's one of those – you have to – see it before you believe it type of thing, which is crazy. Uh, this man should have stayed retired, period. And that's how I
1: feel about that at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it's just been such a weird situation.
0: With that being said, we're going to transition over to my man, uh, looking at some of the ugliest slates of games we've seen all year, <laughs> Matt's Games of the Week.
1: Yeah, there for having only the – Uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers on by. It is surprisingly weird. My Sunday early game, New England Patriots at the New York Jets. I was tempted to make this kind of my upset pick too. It's shocking to me that the Jets are at five and two, our home underdogs. I know losing Brees Hall hurts, but New England has played really sloppy and all over the place. I think the Jets get that win. That's the best of the early slate. This is a rare week where the early slate is actually pretty poor. All three uh, or four of the late afternoon games were a little more interesting to me. The one I'm going to highlight is the 49ers at the Rams. Uh, The Rams are underdogs here coming off of a bye. The 49ers kind of pushed all their chips in. They beat the Rams pretty badly earlier in the season. The Rams can't afford to lose again. That's actually my upset special. The Rams are not favored in this game. I think they're going to get the win at home coming off of a bye. I don't believe that strongly in the 49ers, I'll be honest. The Sunday night game, Green Bay Packers at the Buffalo Bills. A lot has been made of the fact the Packers are 10.5-point underdogs. They deserve to be. They are not playing cohesively on either side of the ball. The Buffalo Bills have looked like the best team in football going into the bye. I don't think that changes going out of the bye. I'm curious to see the matchup, but I'm, I'm all on the Bills this week. So...
0: I think that this slate is god awful. You know what I mean? Wow. Like I it's it's pretty bad that
1: it's horrific yeah. for gambling because when I was looking I was thinking of you when I was picking against the spreads and yeah. there weren't a lot of enticing spreads, I'll be honest. It's it's ugly. It is ugly, and I'm not looking forward to it. It's it's crazy to me because you mentioned one
0: game that I'm gonna talk about here in just a few moments when I talk about my picks, but I I am staying away from 90% of the spreads this week and I'm looking deeper into first half, second halves, touchdowns, props, all of that because honestly it's 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 relatively ugly and with that being said let's go ahead and switch over to oh wait our starting sets <music> Give it a little dance, baby, a little dance party mid-show. We love to give it to you guys. We get excited about our start and sit, which is funny because I completely was like scrolling down and skipped over our start and sit because I thought I was going right into my vets of the week, which I'm not because we're going to do fantasy start and sit first, and then we're going to talk about our playoff picks um, before I get into my uh, picks of the week. But with that being said, I'm going to kick us off with... My start of the week, which might surprise everybody when they hear it, including my podcast partner. I am starting Russell Wilson this week um, the Jags have stunk the last two weeks against quarterbacks and I am on the belief that Russell Wilson's going to bounce back and have a good week this week and I fully plan on two weeks uh, time talking about how stupid I was to suggest this to anybody but, with the guys, I mean, obviously, Herbie and Patrick Mahomes on a bye. With um, Tom Brady on a bye. No, I'm just kidding. With some of these other quarterbacks not really producing, I am really okay with the idea of starting Russell Wilson this week, especially over a guy like uh, Tom Brady. I, wouldn't, I don't hate that. I don't hate it at all. I think that uh, maybe the uh, squats or whatever he was doing on the plane might get him pumped up and ready to go. High knees on the plane, whatever it was. We'll get them pumped up and ready to go and playing in London. I just think the Jags' defense has taken really a big pitfall against the quarterback position. You're talking about a team that let up 100 yards rushing to Daniel Jones. That's not Michael Vick. That's Daniel Jones. But for my running back position, I love the idea for um, James Robinson being gone for the Jaguars, Give me fire up Etienne. I don't think he's going to find that great of running lanes against the Broncos, but I do think that he's going to be that three-down back that I'm not sure he's capable of being, but until he doesn't uh, proves otherwise, I think that he's going to be a good back for them this week. Uh, Brandon Cooks is my start at the at the wide receiver position. Titans still suck uh, covering wide receivers, but also that team sucks. Mike Isecki has seen back-to-back games of seven targets. Um, I like him this week as my tight end start. And, uh yeah, I think that's it. But Wilson, ATN Cooks, and Gaseki. What about you, Mr. Fox? You were making funny faces when I said Russell Wilson, so.
1: I hope he actually starts. Uh, I'm not sure they don't go with Ripon again. They were talking about holding them out so that he can heal.
0: He didn't do those high knees on that plane to sit down, Mr. Fox. But, I mean, if he's not the start of the week, then – I mean, I'm an idiot, so that's quite possible as well. Um...
1: My starts, I have Daniel Jones. He's actually QB9 on the season. He's been efficient, not turning it over and using his legs, which has been pretty great. Uh, My running back start, Josh Jacobs. He's gotten more than 20 carries the last three games he's played. And ironically, or not surprisingly, he has gotten over 130 yards each of those games. He's sitting as running back five on the season right now. I think he's a top 10 running back option all the way through the rest of the season. He's been one of the best parts of the Raider offense. Um, my wide receiver start, Gabe Davis. Um, you know, Gabe Davis battled through a little bit of injury at the beginning of the season. I think that's why he took some of a backseat the last couple of weeks. He's been on fire as the deep threat for Josh Allen. The Buffalo Bills are humming along good. I think on Sunday Night Football against the Packers, both he and Diggs are going to be fine. My tight end start is Greg Dulcich. Uh, The Broncos used like four tight ends the first five weeks. Dulcich came back in and they pretty much got only eyes for him. He's gotten 12 targets in two games. He's got averaged 11.8 points per game those two weeks. He's tight end seven during that period of time. I'm firing him up. I love it because I grabbed him in like round four of my rookie
0: draft. And um, I just kind of did a hope and a prayer just because I know that a lot of chatter this offseason was about Albert O, but then Fant was gone. So that I was like, oh, cool. At least at worst, he's a backup. You know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe in the future he comes in, but I'm really glad I grabbed him later in the uh, in the rookie drafts. It's, it's made me look really good, which is what feels like in this fantasy football season is very hard to do because this season has been abysmal all the way around. Um, but with that being said, my sits of the week are relatively simple names. I never thought I'd really say some on some aspects, Matt Stafford staying away from against the 49ers this week. I just don't believe that. I believe the off week hopefully was good for this team because they needed it. But on the flip side, I'm also sitting Najee Harris. Um, our first round candidate there was just been fantastic this year. I can't believe that this offense is the way it is fire that offensive coordinator ASAP um, and my set of the, uh, I don't do tight ends because the, all of them suck, But um, and especially this week with Kelsey on the bye. Michael Pittman, my wide receiver, sit of the week. Sam Ellinger stinks. He's awful. We didn't talk about that at the top of the hour, but Sam Ellinger, now the starting quarterback for the Colts, which, honestly, I really should have done a segment on quarterbacks that they should trade for in order to be the Colts quarterback. You know what I mean? Maybe they could just get like four or five different $40 million quarterbacks on their roster and figure it out like the Rams do, but that team's going to, that team's quickly going downhill and Sam Ellinger is not going to fix anything that that team needs. But uh, what do you got Fox for your sits?
1: Yeah, my sits, uh, my quarterback sit is Aaron Rodgers. I um, mean, if you're in a single quarterback league, I'm just not firing him up because there hasn't been enough cohesion. There hasn't been enough volume. He looks lost. You're probably still playing him in super flex, but he's not a top 12 option right now. We, I talked about that with Tom Brady. It's until they can get themselves figured out, it's not happening. My running back sit is the Broncos' backfield. <clears throat> There's a moment in Die Hard with a Vengeance where John McClain tells Zeus he knows what he's doing, and Zeus's response is, not even God knows what you're doing, McClain not even God knows what you're doing Nathaniel Hackett I'm staying away from the backfield quagmire just about the time they had convinced me that I should be playing Melvin Gordon and I put Melvin Gordon in my start list he got three carries for eight yards so that's on me I knew Melvin was trash apparently I like him slightly more than Denver's coaching staff they have Latavius Murray they picked up Marlon Mack it's going to be You know, at this point in time, they're probably going to give handoffs to Greg Dulcich because they'll just they love that flowing mane of hair. And they're like, you know what? You're in Uh, my wide receiver is Deontay Johnson. I like the talent. I don't know what Pittsburgh's offense is doing, especially their pass offense. Um He has 37 receptions, 38 receptions for 337 yards and no touchdowns this season. He's wide receiver 31. He's still kind of a flex option, but if you're looking for a wide receiver one or wide receiver two, you're just not getting the volume in production. And speaking of volume and production, I'm about to throw Kyle Pitts' picture on a milk carton. The the guy was supposed to change the game at tight end. And if changing the game means the tight end is even less relevant than it was before, congratulations. The Falcons are probably the best team that have no offensive pieces you want to play right now. I mean, they're contending. They're tied for the lead in their division. They've been surprisingly frisky. I wouldn't trust a single one of them outside of maybe Mariota because he runs and passes. They don't have very much passing volume. And I can't even say he's not getting a good target share because Pitts and London had four of the eight completions last week. So they're literally getting 50%. But he had three receptions for nine yards. He's tied in 22 on the year, even in a crappy position. You're probably crying because you took him like top four in your rookie draft the year he came out, but he's just not playable right now.
0: Yeah. It's sad because the talents there, the coaching staff is just abysmal. I, I don't, I don't know what they're doing out there. It makes no sense. Arthur Smith was a terrible hire. I thought he was a terrible hire. I don't see him lasting more than another year um, within that franchise. I, I, I can't wait. My favorite thing – I think the favorite episode that we're going to do is whenever in the offseason we're going to take a look at these teams and these quarterbacks because I feel like we – I talked a little bit about it on Twitter. We're talking probably eight eight to ten teams that could potentially look at turning over the quarterback position this offseason. And that's – that might be on the low end right now. And I mean, let's. I'll just quickly dissect it real quick over the course of this episode here. Um Mostly in the NFC, too, which is weird. I mean, obviously, you're looking at Houston. You're talking about Indianapolis. Um, you're talking – hang on a second here. I'm trying to pull my list up here. Everybody in the AFC otherwise is okay. NFC, Giants might look at another quarterback just because I'm not 100% sure they're going to be sold on Daniel Jones. that. and Because are they going to extend him, really? You know what I mean? Like that's the other thing that you're looking at there. I'd say just let him go and let somebody else pay for him. You know what I mean? Washington. Seattle. No matter how good Geno Smith is, I still think they're going to bring somebody in there. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Obviously, Detroit golf has looked terrible the last few weeks. Um, you know, I
1: disagree about Detroit.
0: I think golf is terrible.
1: Like golf has been ha- that offense has been awful the last two weeks. They're missing all the people, but now injured. I mean, I don't disagree. Golf is far now. from their only problem. I don't disagree with that. I still think they're going to take a quarterback
0: in the draft, at least. You know what I mean? So They're going to have to bring some sort of competition in there. Golf has not been that great in the last few weeks. And I don't disagree with you. I just think that they'll be looking for a quarterback. Um, Obviously, Atlanta, depending on how they feel about Desmond Ryder, uh, Carolina, New Orleans, possibly Tampa Bay, possibly Green Bay. I think Aaron Rodgers leaves after this season 100%. I think think they
1: go to Jordan Love.
0: Well, I think they do. But then, obviously, they're going to wake up and realize that Love stinks. Not just the song but love actually stinks.
1: But the, I mean, the problem is the draft has maybe two viable options. I think maybe three. I think there's a couple, but also like,
0: I mean, you have, that's the thing. It's weird is I could see Daniel Jones playing quarterback for like Carolina next year or Washington. Yeah, I think or, Daniel
1: Jones goes right back to New York, but they're going to have to pay him. Like, that's the thing. Like, and they probably should. I, <sighs> There are guys that you don't think are great that are go- going to stay because of the landscape and sure. because they're not a bad option. I Detroit has a lot of problems. If they say F at all and take a quarterback, they will continue to be a problem plague team. I 100% would not take a quarterback as Detroit at the top of a draft.
0: Oh, I'm not saying they take I, – I, I don't think so either. I think that, that whoever the – the number one team is i think they're obviously going to take a look at the quarterback i think cj Stroud's probably the best option
1: um right now in the draft i, I haven't really done well, that. that's why carolina did not benefit themselves winning last week they yeah, talked about be, that, that exactly. they should be number they should be trying to get number one because they are actually a franchise that needs to figure out quarterback and has for quite some time there's other ones that are down near the bottom that would be interesting to you. Washington, I think, has never figured out, but they need to figure out a coaching situation. Houston, I actually – I liked what I saw from Davis Mills last year, but I don't think it's working. No. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, there's a lot of teams
0: that I'm going to be interested and intrigued by. But you're right at the same time. When you dissect it and break it down, like, what – what st- what is my options better out there into the real world
1: but i just think I that mean, it's one of those basically areas. the entire nfc south should be competing to get a quarterback cuz right. i don't see brady coming back and right now he hasn't looked that great anyway they've never taken a look at Kyle Trask i don't really understand I do understand if the Falcons have decided they're playing for the playoffs and they might actually remain somewhat in a playoff race all season and we may never see Desmond Ritter. And then at what point in time do you even have an inkling of what you have?
0: Yeah, and it's crazy to me the whole, why 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 offenses or teams are doing this because the turnover ratio for quarterbacks and coaches is going to be interesting. Like it, It's one of those things is – like in two years, I could see Justin Fields playing for a different team because you have a new regime in there again because they didn't support him. And then you've got teams like Atlanta where next year, Arthur Smith could be the odd man out. And then, of course, you look at teams like Carolina, who's ever-changing. I think they obviously they're going to have to revamp coaching staff. Washington swung and miss again this offseason. So they're going to be looking for the quarterback. But it's like it's it's crazy to me to see what we're going to see over the next couple of weeks. But um I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, especially to dissect who's a who's free agent, who's not a free agent, who's worthy of even considering. Because a lot of these teams, Pittsburgh swung and missed on Trubisky. You know, what I mean, Pickett's in there, and I know a lot of people are throwing him under the bus, but let's not remember that these guys are rookies. They're also look at the coordination of what they're doing. I I'm under the firm belief that Pittsburgh should start over from square one, and that's including their head coach. And I Mike Tomlin.
1: Pittsburgh missed on Trubisky. I think they, their offensive coordinator that, yeah. doesn't know what to do. That that that's you know what you're you actually I I just
0: meant they swung on. They didn't even give him the opportunity to. You're right, but I just feel like Pittsburgh is a team that I really feel like should just cut ties with everybody and refresh the franchise because a Mike Tomlin I think deserves better. You know what I mean? But also feel like it's just it's not going to happen in some aspects because I feel like Tomlin has a, a nice rope because as he should, because it's just, that's what the Steelers do. But I just feel like they should hit the reset button. I felt that for a while now. And, and obviously Tomlin will be a head coach somewhere else two days later. You know what I mean? Like not, not discounting that at all. You know what I mean? But I just feel like maybe his time has come with this franchise. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not a knock on Tomlin because I still think that he's probably top five or seven coaches in football. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That's going to be the end of the year episode. I think is going to probably be my favorite. Not that I really am rushing through this season because I'm not, but also I hate fucking football right now. So speaking of hating football, let's talk about my bets of the week. Uh, last week I hate football. Um, actually, you know what? I didn't do terrible. I was two and three in the week. Um, the chiefs money line at the half was a no brainer. Commanders went over one and a half touchdowns. That was beautiful um the few that made me look terrible the Ra- Raiders at the first half money line that was brutal that was just brutal to watch unfold I had a minus three they come out really flat and that kind of surprised me a little bit um they did come back it was 10 10 at the half really made me upset and of course in the second half John J- Josh Jacobs kind of took over the world and and carried that team to the next level which was beautiful and then of course Tyree kill over 78 and a half yards um you don't understand how frustrating Betty can be is whenever you see a man get 13 targets, catches seven balls, only goes for 72 yards. 21 of those came on one one catch. So when you bet the 78 and a half and you only, you only ends up with 72, you probably just want to break or throw your fo- fo- you know phone through the television. And Derek Carr over one and a half touchdown passes. Um, that was my lock of the week. I'm still befuddled by this one. It's just because Josh Jacobs got. They got inside the twenty. They handed up Josh Jacobs, and he literally ran over the entire Texans defense and scored three touchdowns. So,
1: but that is the Texans defense. They get shredded by the run every team they play.
0: Yeah, it's just honestly, it really is. Who do they play this week? Oh,
1: Um, they 2,050
0: yards against them this weekend. Yeah, Derrick Henry,
1: which is good because Tennessee literally only has a running back.
0: Yeah, Ryan Tannehill sucks too. So. Um, any chance I get to say that I will say it on this podcast. And, um, it's just a fact though. All right. So my three picks, I only have, no, I have four picks. Do I have four picks? I have four picks for you right now. I am, um, going over some of them still, um, we'll be live tonight talking about some of these picks. Some of the props aren't out. So some of the sports splitting books take a while to get some of the props out because as Matthew Fox said, these lines are disgusting. Like they're, they're ugly. I don't like them. I'm not a big fan of them. I'm still weaver going back and forth on whether how much I like this Broncos line, but that one's gonna be more closer to finding out who's gonna be starting at quarterback. Um, but still even then I still might like the Broncos, even though they're uh, two and a half point underdogs right now. Falcons being favored by four is weird. Cowboys favored by nine and a half is weird. I I don't know. A lot of these spreads don't make any sense. The Patriots one, I might go back to Zach Daddy, but um, I, I don't know. I'm 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 on the one lo- the one I do like this week one I do like this week, and Matthew Fox is about to make the strangest face. If you're not watching, you're listening via the, the, the podcast, you might want to fast forward to 32 minutes and 15 seconds into the show. But the Green Bay Packers are 11-point underdogs. Um, it's the first time Aaron Rodgers has ever been up to 11 and a half now. God. They're 11 and a half point underdogs this week. It's the highest. Uh, it's the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career that he has been double-digit underdog in a football game. Um, it's still 11 on DraftKings. Um, but in the games that he has been 7-point underdogs or more, he's 0-4. So that's interesting to figure out. So yeah, you're like, well, Ricky, you're an idiot. And I'm like, yes, I am. So I'm going to the well. I'm I'm buying a little bit of the juice. I'm going Green Bay plus 14, okay? Green Bay plus two touchdowns. Um, I have a weird feeling that this game's going to be not very close, but close enough to be within two touchdowns. Um, I actually am leaning towards betting Aaron Rodgers over one and a half touchdowns, but that's not an official bet quite yet. I might come back to it. I just think that this team's going to be able to score against the Bills. Um, it, it's it's this is for me. This is a massive game for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you know, I still think they're in the thick of the playoff hunt. They they don't really have because the AFC NFC is very weak, um, and they're in that middle of the pack. If they lose this game and somehow the Vikings end up winning this week, we're talking about a team that's falling even further. Down the depth chart, you're going to talk about what's at three games behind in the division. Um, I like Green Bay in this game to be keep it competitive within 14 points. That's why it's my bet. I, I'm going back to the well on the Raiders in the first half money line against the Saints. This game is a is an interesting one. I like the Raiders to be ahead at the half. The other game that I like uh, this week, this might be my lock, end up being the lock of the week. The Tennessee Titans have been. Um, have won the first half in every game this year, except for against the Buffalo Bills where they just got annihilated, which basically has been everybody almost against the Buffalo Bills, but they're a one half team. The Titans are, it's the first half that they're good at. So give me the first half money line of the Titans versus the Texans. And I had one more pick and I cannot find it anywhere. And it oh, it's Monday night football. Uh, give me the Bengals minus three against the Browns. Um, so those are my four picks this week. Re- recap real quick. Packers, plus 14. Bills, Raiders, money line half. Saints, Titans, first half money line against the Texans. And then, of course, give me the Bengals, Monday night, minus three. All right, Fox, how crazy am I?
1: I think that Chiefs 44-23 win over the 49ers is going to look like an incredibly close contest compared to what the Bills are about to do to the Packers on Sunday night. I, I knew it. I knew as soon as I mentioned it that you were going to be like, bro, you're sleeping. I'd be shocked if the Bills win by less than 20.
0: I am putting my foot down and saying that this game is going to be at least a two-touchdown game.
1: I think there's a better chance that Aaron Rodgers murders Mike LaFleur on the sideline than throws three touchdown passes.
0: I don't think he's going to throw three, but I think he's going to throw two. So that's what I would need. Um, Speaking of our picks, we're going to rehash our playoff picks real quick for you guys. Um, Fox, do you have your original list in front of you?
1: Uh, no, but
0: oh, but I will give me one second here. All right, Fox, this is what your initial seven in the AFC look like one seed Buffalo, two seed Chargers, three seed Bengals, four seed Colts, Broncos, Chiefs, Ravens. What is your seven
1: in the AFC right now? So, I have the Bills, one Chiefs, two Bengals, three Titans, sadly, four. Ravens five, Chargers six, Dolphins seven. Uh, I like the Jets, but I think, I think it's going to be close in the AFC East for both the Patriots, Jets, and Dolphins. But I gave a little edge to the Dolphins. Well, the program when I input my prediction for the schedule gave a little edge to the Dolphins.
0: Um, not much of a change. Obviously, the division winner in the NFC or AFC West and AFC South. Yeah, obviously kicked out the Broncos. And the Colts out of the playoffs completely. So well,
1: not bad. I mean, if you've watched them play, they kick themselves up.
0: <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, for my playoff predictions, I initially had Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, Colts, Chargers, Raiders, Dolphins. Uh, sticking to the Bills, sticking to the Chiefs as my one and two, sticking to the Ravens as my three. Obviously, jumping ship and going Titans 4, which literally makes me want to kill myself. Even though the Colts, strangely enough, are only
1: one game back.
0: Um, they, they're just
1: trending in the wrong direction. Making a move permanently to Sam Ellinger is the kind of thing you do if you're giving up on the season. So I'm very conflicted about the Colts right now. Totally agree. I had the Chargers at 5, which
0: I continue to have the Chargers at 5. I had the Raiders at 6, which I'm switching to the Dolphins, who I had at six or had it seven or moving to six. And then my seventh team, this one's hard. It was very hard to pick a seventh team because there's a multitude of teams I really, really like. Um, Here, obviously, you mentioned the Jets. I think this team's actually going to be in a contention all year. I think they end up possibly with eight or nine wins, which is going to be a much surprising thing. But um, between, I still think the Raiders are going to turn it around. Call me crazy. You're going to call me crazy. No, I have um, the Raiders
1: finishing just outside the playoffs too.
0: But with that being said, um, I like the Bengals to grab that last playoff spot. So. I was going to
1: say you're high if you don't think the Bengals are making the playoffs. I honestly, with how milk toast the Ravens are on both sides of the ball, close. I'd be really worried about. I, I like you thought the Ravens had a chance to, and were probably the best team in that division. They don't look like it. No. And Cincinnati were, did what other teams cannot and actually seem to have fixed their problems. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. That's that's what they've looked better the last few weeks is they're
0: improving offensively um, and defensively, which has been impressive. The one thing that shocked me is, is Cleveland stayed competitive, and I thought they would be even more competitive with Watson coming back, but now they're two and five. And if they lose again this week, you're talking about a team that's probably four or five games back, and you're starting to look like a wasted season versus potentially seeing Watson come in, maybe ignite the offense, maybe they go down the stretch. But
1: um, I'm calling it now. I think Deshaun Watson loses his first three starts. He loses to the Texans, and then he gets the Bengals and Ravens in back-to-back weeks. I don't think they win any of those. Wouldn't surprise me at all. And if that happens, it's going to be – It's hard to come off your couch into December football
0: for sure 100% especially with that weather and everything yeah it's hard for me to get off my couch in december without being achy and painy so i'm um, switching over to the nfc now real quick you had rams bucks cowboys packers eagles vikings saints
1: what do you got cowboys vikings rams buccaneers wild cards eagles giants 49ers my man my sticking to his fucking boys and i like it Find someone who loves you the way that I love the Cowboys. <laughs> i hate watching
0: the for the last two years would swear that you were a Cowboys
1: fan. I, I might as well be. I'll be honest. I went all the way back to 2021, and my new Super Bowl prediction is Bill's Cowboys.
0: I love it.
1: Bucking Rehashing up. of the early 90s, right? I, like I, I do think it's – so I think it's going to end up – Bills, Chiefs, in the AFC because it's just tracking that way and they've been so good. And the NFC East is the power in the NFC in a weird NFC season. I think it's somehow going to end up being Dallas and Philadelphia. So my picks were
0: um, Rams, Bucks, Eagles, Packers, which I, I still – I felt really good about the Eagles there, and I still feel really good. Cowboys, 49ers, Vikings – um playoffs now who did you have win in the west
1: west rams
0: okay so yeah i stuck with the rams but my hierarchy is a little bit different here i went i still stuck with the eagles i have them as my one seed now um and the thing about it is is whoever
1: wins the nfc east is the one seed and you could not have been equivocally said that three months ago
0: it's crazy to say that um i because i had them even though i had the eagles win the division i still had them as my three seed you know what i mean yeah i still had them but if the Eagles manage to get home field, it's going to be very hard to win in Philadelphia in January. It really will be. Um, and, of course, the Robert Quinn trade helps them out massively. I think they're structuring that team beautifully to, to, to be a contender. I'm a little cautiously optimi- optimistic about the Eagles succeeding in the playoffs, though. Um, that's my biggest concern with Philadelphia. That's why I couldn't put the Eagles in the Super Bowl for that reason. I couldn't do it. Um but with that being said, I have Eagles, Vikings, Rams, Bucks, 49ers, Cowboys. And I managed to still have the Packers make the playoffs. Um, I have them as the low seed. And it's really just because I think slightly down the... Nine wins is probably going to get you in the playoffs. I eight, nine wins. I still think they can win eight or nine games. I don't really feel confident in that team at all. Um, for my Super Bowl, I still am riding the Bills. And for the NFC, I have no fucking clue. So... Um, to be determined. Um, I I had I had Bills Rams, which I don't feel confident in. But if I was to gut pick a day, I'd still the Ram, I still think the Rams could win. You still could go back to the Super Bowl. I think if they figure it out, they'd have to figure it out. Which who knows? But with that being said, we're gonna quickly switch over to the movie corner. <music> Big weekend for film in some places. In some places, it's not. Tills releasing this weekend, Wendell and Wild, All Quiet on the Western Front. Tar and The Good Nurse have all been released this week. We'll just quickly dissect, uh, just quickly give me what you've watched this week and what you've liked.
1: Uh, So I watched The Good Nurse uh, that dropped on Wednesday. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed Eddie Redmayne and Jessica Chastain in there. Uh, I didn't like it quite as much as you, but I gave it three and a half stars. I thought they did a nice job with that. Um, I am looking forward to seeing Tar. I know a lot of people have uh, really liked that. It finally opens here. Um, I'm trying to mentally brace myself for Till. Um, I've watched a few versions of that story, and it's a tough story, a very important one, important movie. I'm excited for the success, um, for it to have some success. Uh, but, you know, a, a Black Adam last week, uh, you liked that more than I did. I thought it was okay. Um probably
0: overrated it ex- it, but I
1: don't really care it exists I think the most important thing for the people to know if you if you picked up the movie column yesterday it's your time the Hallmark Christmas movie corner is back uh I got my first Hallmark Christmas movie date of the season in last weekend with my wife uh we wish you a Merry Christmas with Christopher Palana and um I totally blanked on the, the lady's name But I'm sure it'll come to me. It's about a couple that's been married for almost 13 years that are kind of hit a rough patch, and they spend a week at a Connecticut, a cozy Connecticut inn, uh, and and the sparks come back. And you know what? It was nice to just slip right into that and I might have to expand it this year I was told we're not only gonna watch Hallmark Christmas movies but the the great Amer- the GAC Great American whatever it's called that stole Candace Cameron and half the Hallmark movie stars I was informed um, by, by a very happy wife that she started recording those movies too so that we have options for the many nights that we can do our Hallmark movie dates
0: uh, yeah. I uh, I like it. I like it a lot. There's a lot of Christmas movies coming out in November, a lot of them. Um there's a lot of things coming out. You got Santa Claus, the T V series is coming, you got a Christmas story sequel that nobody asked for coming out. i'm excited about all those things. Um, what did I watch this week that I like? No,
1: the one you've got to highlight. Lindsay Lohan is doing a Christmas movie yes, on Netflix. I mean, that one too. I'm
0: very excited about that. I'm not gonna get lie. get hype. Uh, Wendell Wilde did not like it um, thought it was beautiful to look at story was very uh, all over the place Tar as you mentioned it's my number one movie of the year now just nobody let Austin Butler know please uh, I would greatly appreciate it uh, Black Adam I really liked it probably rated a star two, or half a star too high probably should have been three and a half stars but we are, what are. Uh, good nurse loved it uh, thought it was very good I loved Eddie Renmin's performance I think it's one of my favorite uh, performances of the year maybe top 10-15 when I say that Um, And then I watched Causeway, which um, was a movie, Jennifer Lawrence, Brian Tyree Henry, about a veteran who's trying to kind of adapt to everyday life. It hit me hard, harder than I expected it to. Um, I put it in my top 10. It's one of my favorite movies of the year performance wise. It's one of those movies that I, I pronounce it as it's not in your face. It's a very short kind of character study that has some of the most subtle emotional punches you will see in any movie this year. And it's very strong in that that it gives two incredible performances that will be sure to be on my year-end list. So I really love that movie a lot. I think that, especially coming from a first-time director, there's some elements of that film that really, um, really hit me hard. And I was kind of surprised by it, to be honest with you. But uh, I'm excited to see All Quiet on the Western Front this weekend. I heard it's incredible. I heard it's one of the best movies of the year. We'll see about that. And I'm also excited because I'll probably watch Decision to Leave and I'll see Till as well. So I've we got a weekend full of apparently emotional roller coasters because apparently all Quiet and Western Front is pretty emotional. So is Till, obviously, and uh, Decision to Leave. I don't really know how to feel about that one yet. I haven't seen it, but I've heard great things. So it's Oscar season and I'm excited. I, uh, I see Armageddon Time on Tuesday. And then I head off to L.A. for five days and it's going to be a jam packed uh, weekend of movies that I'm very, very excited for. So we were going to do our top 10 movies of the year, but we decided to wait uh, until we're back in two weeks, because in two weeks, I think the landscape of our films top 10 will definitely be changed. So, Fox, if you got nothing else to add, we want you to go over to the Music City Drive and check out all of the articles and stuff like that. Check out on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe Friday. One of those days, we'll tweet out our official picks of the week for, um, for betting purposes. And until next time, we will talk to you guys
1: next week. Go Titans. Cowboy. Did you
0: know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual.